right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to be in that passage today. We're walking through God's Word. For those of you who might be, this is your first time here at Thomas Road. We have spent the year of 2021 going from Genesis all the way through to the book of Revelation. We today are in the letter to the Corinthians, the church at Corinth. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians today. We're going to walk all the way through Revelation by the end of the year so that by the time that we walk through... Uh, the rest of this calendar year that we will have spent time in every book of God's Word. Why? Because Hebrews 4 says that the Word of God is living and it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It is a book that will change your life from the inside out whether you like it or not. And so we want to make sure we're spending time in God's Word. And so we want to encourage you uh, to join with us, to continue to take this journey with us. Our church, going all the way back to January 1, we've been reading through God's Word. We spent six months from January 1 to June 30 reading through all of God's Word in six months. We're now walking through, and we're going back, and we're reading through the New Testament, the Psalms and the Proverbs. And I just encourage you, if you want to join along with us, go to the Version, the Bible app, and search Thomas Road Baptist Church, and the reading plans are there. You can jump in and read through God's Word with us. Why? Because it makes a difference. And so today we're going to be in the book of 1 Corinthians. Now, this is a letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. Now, he arrived in the church there in Corinth, that city there in Greece, about 45 minutes from Athens. He arrived there in about 50 or 51 AD. The church was birthed and people began to grow in their faith and God was doing some amazing things. And like what normally happened when Paul was preaching the gospel, opposition showed up. We see that in that time that people began to attack him, began to criticize him for what he was doing. They tried to, uh, you know, as, as again, wherever he went, like they always tried to throw him in jail or kill him or something, and that same kind of stuff happened. Well, he stayed there, he was faithful, he continued to preach the message, but then he then continued to travel. He went back to Jerusalem, he continued in ministry, and then he found himself in the city of Ephesus. And when he arrived in Ephesus, he began to hear as people began to share with him that something was happening in that church that he had helped plant, had helped start there uh, in Corinth. He got a message that uh, the church began to have some problems and have some conflicts and have some challenges. And it's hard to imagine, it's hard to fathom in 2021 that a church could actually have problems. It's hard to imagine in 2021 that a church could actually have people that are like fighting with one another and gossiping about one another, but he heard that. And so in about 54, 55 AD, after he began hearing what was going on there, he decided to sit down under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and write a letter. And that letter is the letter that we're going to spend some time talking about today, and he sent it off to the church at Corinth to help them and to encourage them and to correct them where they needed to be corrected. Now, we're obviously not going to have time to go through all of the book, and I encourage you to do that on your own, but this letter is a powerful letter, a doctrinal letter, a letter that really gives us understanding of what it means to be the church of Jesus Christ. And in this letter, in different parts of the passage, he talked about division. He talked about arguments that were taking place, disputes that were taking place. He dealt with issues like sexual immorality. He dealt with issues of, of, like, of abuse of the liberty that we have, the freedom that we have in Christ. He talked about the, the abuse of, of the Lord's table, the Lord's supper. He talked about the, uh, you know, the, the opportunity that, that believers and followers have of uh, coming together in unity and harmony. He dealt with a lot of other issues. He dealt with a, a, a kind of a confusion, if you will, over the resurrection of Christ in, in chapter 15. And so lots of things that Paul talked about. And while we can't get to all of that today, what I thought we would do is kind of like give just a, a little bit of an introduction, if you will, a little bit of kind of a, a, a wetting the appetite so you will go back and dig in on your own. And so in chapter 2, it kind of gives us a summation. It gives us a picture of like, why did Paul write this letter? 
Why is it that he wanted to encourage the church, that he wanted to lead the church, that he wanted to guide the church in going through all that we're going through? And so today I just want to give give you three thoughts or three kind of pictures of, ideas of, like Paul's purpose in writing the letter to the church at Corinth, recognizing that when he wrote the letter to the church at Corinth, he also wrote it to the letter at Lynchburg. He wrote it to the letter that the church that we're gathered in right now and churches all across the globe in 2021. And so the first idea we see, the first kind of picture that we get in this, uh, this letter that he wrote and seeing the disputes and hearing about all the things that were taking place and the challenges that, that they were facing, right up front, Paul wanted to make sure that he got like what really was important across to the church. He wanted to share his message. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. It says this, when I came to you, again Paul writing, when I came to you, brothers and sisters, announcing the mystery of God to you, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Let me read that verse to you again. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Again, all that he had been hearing to this point is that there are disputes within the church. There were factions that were breaking off. There were people with arguing with one another. The sin had set in. Sexual immorality was taking place. People were confused about what they believed and why they believed it. They were trying to figure out how close to the line of being like the world that they could be, how much they could get away with and still be within the church. And so Paul heard all of this stuff. He heard all of these different things, and and here's what he wanted to get across to the church there. Listen, it's all about the gospel. It's not about preferences. It's not about your own desires. It's not about your own designs. It is all about the gospel. He said, I just simply wanted to do nothing more than to teach you, to share with you, to give you a picture of. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Why? Because just as it was in uh, 2,000 years ago, it is true today that so often in the church we get fixated on our own preferences and our own desires and our own wants, our own comfort zone, that we lose sight of what we are truly here to do. We are not here in this building today. We are not called the body of Christ today. Churches are not gathering all around the globe today so that our needs can be met, so that we can suit our own desires and suit our own preferences. We gather together so that we can talk about, grow in, share with, preach about the fact that Jesus Christ came, that He died on the cross, was buried, and that He rose again, and therein lies the hope for the world. That is why we are here. And so often we walk into churches so often, we come into this place and here's what we do. Man, we show up and someone is parked in our parking place and we get ticked. We can't get close enough to the building. We might have to walk, you know, another 50 feet to get to the building. And if it's raining, man, all bets are off. And then we walk into the room and man, we come in and that seat that we're always in, and by the way, you know, you always sit in the same seat, right? I mean, I can tell you, I almost take attendance up here every Sunday by looking out across this room. I I know where you sit, like you always sit in the same place. And man, when you come in and someone's sitting in your seat, oh man, there is no worship going to happen in this room today because someone's in my seat. You see, that's a preference. That's a comfort zone. That's where we like to be. Oh, and wait a minute, when the worship guy gets up and the music starts and I don't like that song, 
Uh-uh, boy, the letters are coming this afternoon. Why? Because so often we are fixated on what we want and what we desire that we have lost sight of and forgotten what is it that God wants and what is it that God desires. Anytime that you walk into a church and when you spend time in that church and you're always happy in that church and everything that happens within that church is something that fits within your own little design, your own little walk of what you like and what you want and what your your preferences are. If you're in a church that only meets your needs, you are not in a church that's doing the work of God. I've got to be honest with you, I'm 54 years old and there's lots of times in this church that I lead. That there are things that take place in this like that, that are not really fitting within my wheelhouse, like not something I really like. I mean, I don't really like this, and I don't like that, and here's what I also know, it's really important to understand this, is that's okay, because I'm not here to reach me, I'm here to reach the world. And if we are here to reach the world, sometimes we have to do things that go outside of our comfort zone. And so here's what Paul said, hey listen, I didn't come to meet my need, I didn't come to fit my desire, I didn't come to be in my comfort zone, I came to declare that Jesus died and that He rose again, nothing but Him and Him crucified. That's what the church is all about. That's what we've got to focus on. That's what we got to talk about. That's what we got to preach about. Because just outside of the walls of this church are people who are lost and who will spend eternity in a very real place called hell. And God, for whatever reason, has chosen us to tell them about Him. And so, man, we've got to focus on that. And so, Paul saying, listen, guys, you are so messed up. In chapter 1, if you read chapter 1, man, they're sitting there talking about like, hey, we want to follow Peter. And some are saying, no, 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 we want to follow after Paul. And they said, no, I want to follow this guy, and I want to follow that guy. And in chapter 1, Paul said, dude, wait a minute. Dude is not in the Bible, I promise you, okay? (laughs) Paul said this, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You weren't baptized in the name of Peter, and you weren't baptized in the name of Paul. You were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. His name is the only name that matters. We don't get lifted up. Christ gets lifted up. And that's the message that we have to preach. That's what we got to talk about. And so Paul says, listen, I didn't come with any other agenda. And so often, man, we walk into churches and we've got our agenda. We want things to look the way we want them to look. We want things to go the way that we want them to go. And Paul says, no, man, I came with you with one vision. I came to you with one vision, one heart, one passion. And that is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Why? Because your preference in music, your preference in parking, your preference in seating, your preference in anything else will not spend, give someone the opportunity of spending eternity in heaven. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ can do that. So, man, we got to preach it. So he came with that message. And so Paul writes this letter and kind of the the ultimate statement of this entire uh, book, all the different chapters that we find in the book of 1 Corinthians is all about that idea, like it's all about the gospel. But not only did he give us like the the message, he also gave us a method. He kind of explained like how he did it and how we're supposed to do it. So let's keep reading, beginning with verse 3. So he writes this, he says, I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not be based on human wisdom, but on God's power. So here's what he said, like the Apostle Paul, 
Like that, that, the big name guy in, in the New Testament, like other than Christ, like the guy who's like just knocking it out of the park every day. And here's what he said to him. Listen, I came to you and I was scared to death. Man, there was fear and there was trembling. And I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do and I didn't know how to do it. And when I walked into that place, man, I'm just telling you, like, I walked in there and I just knew this. If, if I lean on my own power, if I try to do this on my own, I'm going to fail miserably. Does that sound familiar? Because i got to be honest with you, I don't think there's a person in this room who hasn't felt exactly the same way that Paul talked about, described of his feelings when he walked up into the city of Corinth. And let's be honest. So, like, like just... Again, it's just family here. Say, so be honest with me. How many of you in this room have ever come into a situation in a moment in your life where you are like walking into this opportunity that God gives you and you've been scared to death to share the gospel? Just raise your hand. Just be honest. Like, I think most of us in this room could raise our hand. We've all been there. Well, good news, man. The Apostle Paul was there too. And so Paul shows up and says, man, I came to you in fear and trembling. I came to you. I didn't know what to do. Man, I showed up with good intentions. I showed up like, man, I want to make sure people saw Jesus and Him crucified. But when I got there, and man, I saw all the people, and I saw all your faces, and and man, when you were standing right in front of me, I'm like, dude, what do I do now? We've all been there. So like, don't be discouraged when you get there again, because guess what you will do? You will get there again. You'll have that moment happen again and again and again. And here's what he's trying to teach us in this passage. He's trying to make sure we understand this. It all comes down to a a heart, a condition, a, a place in our journey where we are depending completely on God. Because what he's saying when he said, I came in fear and trembling, I didn't come with persuasive words of wisdom, I came with the Spirit of God. In other words, saying like, I can't do this, but God, you can. God, I don't have a prayer outside of you. God, I can't do what you've called me to do, God, unless you fill me up. And that's the method, the method that he wants all of us to understand. Because here's what's true. If it worked for the Apostle Paul, I can guarantee you it's going to work for you. If it worked in his journey, I, I guarantee you it's going to work for you. Now, I know you're sitting there thinking, well, wait a minute, but he's the Apostle Paul. Like, like he's like this elevated you know, pedestal leader within the church of the New Testament church. Like, it's not the same thing, right? That was Paul. This is me. Here's what I want you to know. Paul was a guy who had done everything wrong. Paul was a guy who created problems everywhere that he went. In Acts chapter 7, Acts chapter 8, it says that he wreaked havoc on the church. In Acts chapter 7, Acts chapter 8, he says he was a murderer. We read the story about how he was there there when Stephen was stoned for uh, following after Christ. He was there. He approved of it. He was like celebrating. He was cheering over there, watching as they killed him for his faith. And in all of that, here's what we recognize. God used Paul the worst of the worst. God used Paul, this guy who had messed up everywhere that he went. And when he simply depended on God, God took that guy and used him to shake the world. Don't you miss this. God can do the same through you. And God wants to. So Paul says, man, I came in fear. I came in trembling. Recognize that great truth. Like, so yeah, man, his desire was to preach about Christ and Him crucified. And the way he did that was recognizing the only way it's going to pull it off is I've depend on Him. And here's what you got to understand. Paul knew this. We've got to know this. Like, it is not our job to save the world. It is our job to preach the gospel. There's a difference. You see, in John chapter 12, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. 
So in other words, the only responsibility and duty we have is this, is to simply share the gospel, to share our faith, and it's God's work from there. So we got to make sure we understand, depend on Him. So here's the ultimate thing, right? So He gives us like His message, and He tells us like how He did it, the method. But what then He then shared with us is like the destination. Like what's the goal? And the goal is the mind, like what we think. So look what it says here in verse 12 and following. Now, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. We also speak these things, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. But the person without the spirit does not receive what comes from God's spirit, because it is foolishness to him. He's not able to understand uh, understand it since it is uh, evaluated spiritually. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything, and yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. For who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? Listen to this last statement. But we have the mind of Christ. You got to underline that in your Bible, highlight it on your phone, whatever it is. That is the goal. That is the destination. To have the mind of Christ. To get to the place where we stop thinking of things the way that we would think of them, and we would start thinking of things the way Christ did. That we would stop looking at people the way humans look at people, and we would start looking at people the way God looked at people. You want to talk about how to fix racism in our world today? Mind of Christ. You want to talk about how to get rid of political division? Mind of Christ. You want to talk about how getting through the conflict in your own family? Mind of Christ. When we see things the way God sees things, it changes the outcome. Because when we have the mind of Christ, it changes us. And that is God's plan. That's God's ultimate destination for every person gathered here. And so Paul says, listen, man, I I came to you just simply to let people know about Christ. I want you to understand like all the disputes and the divisions of sin, all the issues you're facing, like all of it, all of it, all of it is all about Christ and Him crucified. Like, Like lean into that. That other stuff, man, stay away from that stuff. Focus on this. These people who are making fun of you, don't worry about that. Because the world's not going to understand this until the Holy Spirit of God gets a hold of them. And that's not our job, that's His. Keep preaching truth. In fact, He talked about it back in 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. It says, for the word, of, the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is the power of God to us who are being saved. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will not... I will set aside the intelligence of the intelligent. In other words, hey, the world might make fun of you, the world might not understand. So what? Keep preaching it anyway. Because the more you preach it, the more the Holy Spirit of God will move. And the more the Holy Spirit of God moves, the more change will come about. And the more the change comes about, revival will break out. And when revival breaks out, let me just tell you, it will change the world. And that's what God has called all of us to do. So we got to do it. We got to do it. So you're sitting here today thinking, man, God can't use me. Yes, He can. You're sitting here today thinking, man, I don't know what to say and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to share my faith. It's okay. Neither did the Apostle Paul. You sit here today, man, I'm scared to death to live for Christ. And here's what the Apostle Paul said. So was I. Do it anyway. 
because that's God's call on your life. And when you fulfill the call of God on your life, it's the only place that you cannot fail. Man, that ought to be encouraging to each and every one of you. The mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ flows from an understanding that it's not about what we desire, it's not about our preferences, it's not about our comfort, it's not about our hopes and wishes, it's not about the designs that we have for this thing called life, it's all about this, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Live there, sky's the limit of what God will do in and through you. Let's pray. Father, today we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for, Lord, the way it challenges us, and boy, do we need to be challenged. We live in a world of distraction. We live in a world where we are constantly being bombarded with messages, with statements that challenge truth. And so, God, I pray that as we spend time in your word, as we grow in our faith, God helps to forever be mindful, Father, of what you continue to do, Lord, to raise us up. And to be an example of and to be a witness of the fact that you love the world, that Christ died for them, that he rose again, and by believing in him, that we have salvation in his name. God, help us to believe it, help us to preach it, help us to share it, help us to teach it. And God will give you the praise. In a moment, this altar is going to be open. And our team is going to be gathered here. These steps are going to be open for you. Maybe you want to come and you just want to kneel here and pray. Because I do know this, whether you are 80 years old or whether you're eight, whether you are on the end of your journey or whether you're just beginning, of whether you just showed up to go to college or whether maybe you just started high school or maybe you are like just about to retire, wherever you are in life's journey, here's what I know. So often we miss out on God's best because we focus on our own design. And so maybe today you just want to come here in a moment when we stand and sing, you just want to kneel here. And as we declare again through this song, like we believe in the resurrection, the burial, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, maybe you want to come and just kneel here and say, God, use me. God, here I am. God, raise me up. Strengthen me. God, as I embark on this next day and this next journey and this next season of life, God, use me for your purpose. God, use me to do what you want me to do. God, change the world through me. You might be afraid, you might be trembling, you might not know what to say, but God, hey, God, use me today. Maybe you want to come down and you want to meet that Christ that we've been talking about. Man, our team is here, they're gathered here, and they would love to talk with you about who Jesus is, that he died for you. And it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter how bad you've been, it doesn't matter the sin that you've committed, it doesn't matter the baggage that's on your back, God loves you anyway. Christ died for you and he rose again for you. And Romans 10, 13 says this, and I love this one statement, that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I love anyone because I know me and I fit into that category. Like I know my faults and I know my past past and I know my bad things. Here's what I know, that no matter how bad it was, here's what God said, anyone who calls on my name, I will save. Maybe today you want to meet Christ. So as we stand and as we declare with our hearts, as we declare with our voices, I pray that you will declare with your lives, we believe. Let's sing together. Step out right now. So let our faith be Greater than
And God, today we thank you. God, our hearts are full, not because of anything that's happened here. Our hearts are full. God, because you continue to pour truth into our lives. God, through your word and through worship and through moments, God, we pray that we would grow. We pray that what we would see in the days to come, God, is is a continuation of your work in our own lives so that we can see the continuation of your work in our world. And God, use us to be a part. We just simply say, God, here we are, use us. And so God, as we leave this place today and we go out into a world that's desperate for you and desperate for truth and desperate for hope, God, give us a passion and a desire to share and to tell them that Jesus is the hope for the world. Jesus Christ and Him crucified, Him risen again. God, thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Guys, before you leave, our altar remains open. Our team remains here. We'd love to talk with you. College students, young adults, man, right outside. We've got incredible opportunities to connect. We've got waffles and cookies and coffee, all the good stuff. God bless you. Have a great day. I want to thank you for joining us today. If you've never come to the place of recognition of being a sinner and needing a Savior, you can do so right now. Believing that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose again to give you eternal life, just ask Him to save you today. If you would like to talk further about that and what God has done in the giving of His Son, Jesus, we'd love to chat with you. I would encourage you to email us at the address listed on the screen, pastor at trbc.org. We would love to connect with you and help you begin this brand new journey with Jesus Christ. If you would like to help contribute to our ministry, As we take this message of the gospel around the world, go to the link on the screen today and help us help others with this amazing message of God's love.